Welcome to Holy Spontaneity. It's Cameron and Karen, and we're on a journey to find the Lord in the little moments of every day. So join us on an adventure of holy, spontaneous faith in otherwise normal lives. We're so glad you're here. Hello, ladies. Hello. Welcome to the Holy Spontaneity podcast. We're so glad to have you guys here. Um, I am super excited because I just saw you guys almost three weeks ago now when we were leaving France. Um, but and I just saw you guys twelve minutes ago. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I I really wanted to. I brought this up to Karen because I really wanted to do a France recap episode. Um, where we talk about all the goodness that this pilgrimage brought us. Um, so I'm really glad to have you guys here. And if you would introduce yourselves um, so that people listening know who you are. Okay, I can go first. Um, my name is Merlot. I am a rising senior at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. So Bridget Cole, um, but I live with my family in Houston, Texas. I'm studying political science and theology, and I am really involved in the pro-life movement and all of that sort of stuff at Notre Dame. Um, I'm a cradle Catholic, but I didn't really find my faith until I made my confirmation and sort of started getting into it um, right before college. And um, I decided to go on this French trip because one of my best friends, Sophia, um, during my freshman year, she lived across from me during COVID year. She had a heck yes mug and I had no idea what heck yes stood for or what it was. And there was another girl who lived next door and she was like, no way. Do you listen to the podcast? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so they introduced me to what in the dang heck. And, um, I really loved this sort of group of girls that were living out their Catholic life and their femininity so wholly and entirely, but also um, were just actually fun, awesome people. So I was super excited. I went on the pilgrimage and now here I am and I have some wonderful friends. So I'm super excited to talk and get into it today. Yay. Well, my name is Mariana. I am a pediatric travel nurse. I'm currently living in South Florida with my family, which is where I live most of the time when I'm not on contract. Um, and I'm cradle Catholic. I was always very into my faith, but I would say like the last two or three years, I've really been diving deeper and deeper into it, which I really think is what pushed me to go on this French trip, not knowing a soul to go. Um, thank God that everybody was so wonderful and great. Um, and with the, the French trip, it was one of those things that I never even expected to get to go on because when they first announced it, what was it like 2019, 2020? Mm -hmm. Um, it got snapped up. I wasn't financially able to do it. I was so sad. And then it just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And I am telling you, it was literally the Holy Spirit being like, you need to go on this trip right now. I, <laughs> I was sitting in my apartment so sad in Dallas and it popped up that they had a few more spots. And I 
within like a second was filling out the form. And before I hit pay, I was like, Mariana, are you really going to do this? And the Holy Spirit was like, do it, press it. And I clicked it and I was like, there's no going back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then, you know, had the best, best trip of my life and got some wonderful friends out of it. So thank you for having me. That's amazing. That is, you were saying that. And I was like, that is exactly my, you know, how I got on this trip too, because a few years ago I was still in college. I was definitely, I didn't have the finances to do it. I, um, I was like, this, this would totally never happen. Um, and so I didn't think about it anymore. And then I think in, Uh, like last November or December, they're like, oh, we still have a few more spots that just came open and it's going to be in 2023 now. And so I I reached out um, to Daisy and just, and Lori and and just got some information, um, but still didn't think that it was going to be a possibility. I was like, I, I would have been at my job for like 11 and a half months at that point. I don't know if I can take time off um, a million reasons like not to do it. So I kind of left it and then they said it again. And at that point it had been like a month and a half. I think it was like, it was beginning of January or something like that. And, um, they said, or Megan CC had posted, um, something like they had a couple more spots open and it had never even crossed my mind. I was like, it's been a month and a half. There's no way that they would even have still spots. And then they posted that. And I was like, okay, I, I think I need to go. Um, but I'm not really sure. And as I was debating this, I kept seeing, like, I went ahead and put down the deposit. Um, but I was still like, I just don't know, but I kept seeing like our lady of Lords pretty much everywhere I went. So, and I told Karen this, but like the little chapel, um, at the parish closest to me, I don't know how I never noticed, but it's the Our Lady of Lords Chapel. And I don't know how I never noticed any of the books at work that were all on like Our Lady of Lords. And so as I was doing this, I was like, oh my gosh, I think, I think that I really need to go on this, on this uh, pilgrimage. And they had spots left by God's grace. They had spots left. And so I went and had the absolute time of my life, a complete renewal of heart and came away with like 36 amazing friends. So, I mean, fantastic. How, how does it get, you know, it doesn't get any better than, than the pilgrimage we went on for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, what were y'all thinking leading up to this? What, what were your thoughts? Um, you know, in the weeks before we left, was there something that you were really looking forward to? Uh, Was there, you know, you don't have to share, but was there um, a sort of uh, like physical or emotional um, or spiritual healing that you were seeking from Lords? Like what, what were you thinking in the weeks leading up to it? I think that for me, leading up to the trip, I I was very confident that I would get the answers I was needing to get out of the trip. There wasn't a moment of hesitation or, you know, wondering like, this is just going to be a vacation, nothing more. Um, And I believe, Kim, that you and I were in the little tiny small group on our last Zoom where we were kind of talking about what we were hoping for. Yeah. And um, 
kind of touched off of what we had talked there. Like I have struggled so much with comparison, Mm -hmm. like putting myself down in every sense of the word. And, um, I was really mainly looking for like healing of that as well as making great Catholic women friends. Beautiful. Um, I come, yes, uh, my, I grew up with a single mom and I just have one younger brother. And so I was really nervous about going on a trip with this many girls because just sort of in my life, I've kind of gravitated towards more male dominated friend groups. So I have girlfriends, but, um, I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot. Like the, the circumstances of the way you grow up really does affect the sort of relationships that you're like looking for and that you end up in. And so I kind of put it off, like trying, like thinking about what was going to happen on the trip and, um, sort of getting myself anxious about the fact that I was jumping into 36 girls that I didn't know. Um, and I think that was one thing that I was very surprised about leaving the trip is that there really was not a single piece of drama in 10 days with that many girls. And I've never experienced something like that. And I go to a Catholic school and it is drama filled. Let me tell you, it is crazy. (laughs) So that, and also um, I've always had sort of a special connection to Lords. My, um, family is a Notre Dame family. So my grandpa went to Notre Dame and, um, my Nana passed away, um, the year before I started at Notre Dame, she told me I had to go. And so we had been going to football games my entire life. And there's a grotto at Notre Dame and it's the grotto of Our Lady of Lords. And it's pretty much an exact replica. Um, it's same size and everything. So I've been going there every time I have a test, every time I have a paper, if I'm procrastinating. Um, We pray an 11 p.m. rosary every single night at the grotto at Notre Dame. So I've spent a lot of time in the past three years there. And um, I was really excited to see it in person. And I reached out to my entire um, 700 people pro-life club asking for prayer intentions. So I had tons of things and people's um, intentions to bring. So being there was really amazing and sort of like a fulfillment of like the conclusion of getting to see the real lords in comparison with the grotto at Notre Dame. Um, it was really special. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. First of all, that you guys have a, like a life-size grotto. There. Oh yeah. That's fantastic. It's a big thing. Like the grotto at Notre Dame is, it's the place to be for sure. They have um, candles inside that anyone can light all the time. And so at night, it's like right across from the lakes that we have. So it's so beautiful. So that's so If you ever want to visit me, please do. It's hopping on a plane right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. So you guys, it's, it's funny, like how different, um, everybody's like the reasonings, you know, and, and Megan and Cecilia said this as we were, as we were getting there that like everyone is there for a reason. And they kept repeating that, you know, because this trip had been pushed back and back and back. Um, but that we were all guided on this trip for a reason. And I think it's incredible hearing, you know, kind of a little bit into the whys 
for you guys and like what you were hoping for and what you were praying for. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, so I, I kind of, I didn't want to like split this, this pilgrimage up into like more touristy things and more like spiritual things. But when people have asked me, you know, about my favorite parts of the trip, because it's so hard to pick one or like compare them, I kind of told them like, okay, well, this was my favorite spiritual aspect. And this was my favorite like vacation, like touristy aspect of the pilgrimage. Um, And so mine was like the experience at Lourdes uh, was definitely my um the most powerful, the most moving spiritual experience for me um, on the lo- on the last podcast, um, the one that went out last week, I talked a lot about my story about bitterness um, and those feelings and then the emotional processing that we did on the bus on the way to Lourdes because um, I was so desperate, like, I mean, begging God to not go into Lords with such a bitter heart. Like I don't, I didn't want to wall around my heart. And I was so worried that I was going to go to Lords and like not feel anything or still feel bitter um, towards the Lord and all that sort of thing. Um, so last week I talked about that on the podcast and, and how after that emotional processing and through prayer, I arrived in Lords and I was completely at peace. I wasn't bitter. There was no wall around my heart. And that was um, the first Lords miracle um, for me. Uh, but I kind of want to talk about my, (laughs) my personal favorite, uh, like touristy part of the trip was absolutely our dinner cruise on the Seine. (laughs) I know, I know. Okay. Because not only were we a, on a boat eating (laughs) liver pate and underneath the Eiffel tower on this river, (laughs) But our group kind of started a dance party. Oh, yeah. We dominated that dance floor. Let's be oh, real. God. And that's, that's definitely real. not something that normally happens. On no. We just no. went for it. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay, wait, yeah. hold up. Cameron told me that there's a lot of dancing and in, in the just natural culture, but she didn't say anything about y'all starting a dance party. Oh, it was insane. Actually, I think Lori started it. Lori did start it. She was, I don't, she just kind of like started swaying because there were two ladies who were singing, um, and they were like kind of alternating back and forth, like who would sing which song Karen and, um, yeah. And so Lori, who's our pilgrimage director, like (laughs) the one who put all this together with Megan CC got up there and just kind of like started swaying and, and like dancing. And then Julia, um, she kind of looked at me and she was like, I kind of want to go up there and dance. And I was like, I will go dance with you. Like, I I'm don't care. I will go dance with you. And so I got up and we started dancing. And then more and more women from our group got to- <laughs> started dancing. And then people like from other parts of the boat, like other people that we did. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that so much. Singing, like, oh, American my songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were so taken aback, I'm sure. <laughs> they were like who are these crazy americans who were all dressed in pink and orange right i was gonna say that's enough we were all wearing pink long dresses yeah so we already were like looking crazy on this boat (laughs) and we we took up an entire half of the side Uh and then 
all of a sudden we just flooded the dance floor and we were jumping up and down in our pink dresses and then they started singing all these like 2010 pop hits and we were like oh my gosh this is our childhood we love it it was (laughs) so amazing there's a video, oh, so, so I'll post fun. this when when the podcast comes out. I'll post the video so you guys can see what I mean. It was nuts. I they're probably like, these crazy Americans, you know. Um, and what's funny is like the entire dinner, you could stare out the side of the boat, and like I was telling Karen, there are a lot of people that would dance and just come hang out with each other. And this is apparently really popular in Europe that they have a lot of like gathering spaces, so to speak, um, that people river. hang out. Yeah. Yeah um and then in like in the U.S. we don't really have that like we have parks but you don't see people hanging out at parks a lot like people don't they just they go home and they watch Netflix you know after work mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of sad <laughs> um and what's funny is that like alongside the river people wave at the dinner cruises so you have all these people who are like waving to us and then Mariana tell Tell them about all the men on the side of the river. <laughs> there were just no. boats full of these men. And I don't know what it is about European men, but they are just so dang confident and they don't care about anything. Okay. It was so great. We were passing them by, waving, blowing kisses. I made eye contact with a man in a Hawaiian shirt and he looked like a French Tarzan blew me a kiss I was like turn the boat around we're going back turn it around stop Stop. okay yes there is there are two guys who turn their phones around and on their phones it said marry me oh my gosh are you kidding me so I blew them a kiss and they like acted like they grabbed it and put it to the stop (laughs) I was like can I just stay in your room (laughs) wait Merlot which table were you at in like our I was sitting with Lori oh okay yeah so Lori and I were talking the whole time the reason she got up to dance is because our waiter was amazing his name was I think Mateus and he was like he wasn't supposed to be serving our table but he came and brought us more wine because we wanted red wine instead Mm. and then Lori and him headed off he like gave her his phone number Lori's married gave her his phone number and took a selfie with her it was (laughs) it was hilarious and then um he was like come on come dance and then he finally convinced her in that whole thing and like pushed her on so it was so cute it was adorable oh man that is hilarious little little french waiter mateus I okay <laughs> little little flirt French waiter Mateus um okay all the, the years that she was already married that's so funny <laughs> she's so married and she has like like teenage yeah, yeah. kids so yeah it was just teenage like, kids oh my gosh yeah so that was crazy we oh, love the but, flirtatious European men though yeah yeah yes, yes. <laughs> beautiful French kiss so confident <laughs> French kiss um, but like yeah a literal French yeah exactly literally Um, no literally (laughs) but also the amount of people who wanted to take pictures with us when we were dressed in pink like when we were at the Louvre that morning and (laughs) how many people it was it was probably like four different people came by and wanted to take pictures with our group because they were like oh look at all these people in like these pink dresses it must be something important we must be important people and they would come by, we would take, Karen, we would be taking a group picture and 
people would just come in and like stand with our group <laughs> in the group that's, picture that's and have their friend like take a picture of us and we're like um hi we're trying to we're trying to take a group picture here like you're not you're not invited they were very very like forceful too yeah we just like jumped right in there we're like can you please leave they're like nope <laughs> yep <laughs> you're not wearing pink get out yeah they're like they're like um we are uh you know we're just gonna take a quick picture with you guys and we're like no no but we're taking a group picture and they're like yeah 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 we're gonna take a group picture and I was like no not you (laughs) just us are you dressed in pink no get out (laughs) well there was that one lady where was it though was it at the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre where she had a pink shirt on and she jumped in there and took a photo with us she was so excited oh I I can't remember which one it was at but there's also wasn't there also like a little girl and we're like yeah we're like we actually invited her to be in the picture with us and she was like (laughs) sure and then she just kind of like popped in there we're like I admire your confidence little girl like I I would love that so so sweet I know it was fantastic and then um who was it? oh it was Beth it was Beth at the Eiffel Tower when we were taking all those pictures who got hit on by that French guy (gasps) wait okay I saw him standing there and I didn't know what was happening was he a photographer yes he had like all these cameras okay tell me he was story. gorgeous <laughs> like cams yeah, literally said that about every <laughs> well, I have not. every man every was... european man every gorgeous. european man. no it was just the german police officer in the munich airport okay <laughs> i'll tell you guys i'll tell you guys that's okay. that is... <laughs> oh my gosh i i wish gabby was on this too because she she and Lori were with me because we were um, we were all flying back to Houston and, um, uh, gosh, we had, so our flight from Munich to Houston was delayed by an hour, but that was great because it actually gave us enough time to eat lunch in the Munich airport, but we had to go through, like, we weren't staying in Germany, so we didn't have to go through customs exactly, but because we were still passing through, like we still had to answer questions, um, before we could get to our gate and, we were trying to figure out if we needed to eat before going through like this customs place because we weren't sure if they were going to have food at the gate and you couldn't get back through. Um, so we tried, like Lori grabbed the attention of one of the German police officers and she was like, excuse me, do you speak English? And you guys like, <laughs> um, so he turns around and he just like grins at us and he's like, yeah, I speak English. And we were like, oh, okay well can you tell us if we can get food back you know after the customs at the gate and he's like yeah yeah you can do that and we were just all like my face was beet red Gabby's face was beet red she was like him on your face and I was like Gabby your face I mean (laughs) we we could not stop smiling this man wow this German man at the airport and then afterwards she was like it was like five minutes later and she's like Cameron you're still smiling and I said Gabby God worked extra hard on that one <laughs> so what I'm understanding is for those young men who are listening to this particular podcast episode what I'm hearing and what I'm understanding that y'all gotta go to Europe for a little bit and then come back no no because- I'm just be just be confident my goodness like, it's the confidence it's the attire like yes. oh my gosh that makes such so a difference much better 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like those are the two main things. Mm-hmm. I agree. Nobody wants Definitely. your basketball shorts. <gasps> no. Please, no. Also, I don't know what it is, but all of the waiters that any table I was sitting at had the entire trip, they were just gorgeous, gorgeous men. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wanted to just well, like, what my made number. them gorgeous, though? What I made them gorgeous? Their face. They yeah, looked like I... a statue. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, but so European genetics. And and they drew, they were just all friendly. You know, you hear that stereotype that like Parisians are like snotty and and not friendly at all. But mm-hmm. everybody was so friendly to me. Everybody was so kind. They were all smiling. Um, and that goes a long way too. Like all of my waiters smiled. Um, and but yeah, I would say like that's being charming is like part of their job as waiters. Um, but truly some of them went like above and beyond um for us. So how so um, just very like very attentive, um, like more attentive than uh they normally are in Europe. So generally like Megan uh, was talking about this and I can't remember which group I was sitting in when she was talking about this, but sometimes in America, they come by like every five minutes, like they'll come by after the food's been dropped off before we've even had time to take a bite. And it's almost kind of annoying in Europe. They don't do that. You have to like wave them down to get the check. But what I'm saying is like, some of these waiters were very attentive and were almost like anticipating our needs. Um, and that was really nice because it doesn't really happen that much in other places outside the U S. So that was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then another aspect that I really loved is that I feel like I don't think I had lunch or dinner with the same exact group at all. Not yeah, like, I don't think so. Yeah. Because at least one person would be different. Um, so I feel like I got to know everybody, which is a truly unique experience that I don't think happens. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure all of us were worried about at least to some degree that maybe there would be some like clicks or like people will just tend to like stick together. Um, but I don't think that happened at all, at least from my experience that I, I kind of felt like I got the chance to know everybody. So. Yeah, I would agree. I do wish that I had, I think just had more time, honestly, Mm -hmm. To get yeah. to know more of y'all a little bit better. Yeah. You know, like there's just so many, you can only get to know so much if you have like one or two conversations a whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think it was, it was great. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So I, I do wish we had more time because there were so many of us that mm-hmm. even though I got to like talk and hang out with everybody, I didn't get to like be close with a lot of people so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so y'all two ladies <laughs> I think Cameron asked a little while ago what both of y'all's uh vacation slash touristy part mm-hmm. of the trip was and then your favorite spiritual moment of the trip so Karen and I share the same mind because I was literally about to segue back into that that's really <laughs> funny Ha ha. Well, you can go if you'd like. I need to think. <laughs> okay. Um, I think 
I'm going to do the spiritual one first because I I know that one. Um, So in Lourdes, for people who don't know, there are three basilicas because none of them were big enough for the number of pilgrims that were coming to Lourdes. So the original, original one is built on top of the grotto and that one also has a crypt which is very beautiful and it has a relic of saint bernadette in the crypt Mm -hmm. that underneath that one there is a second basilica built sort of like within the steps to get to the top of the other one and that one is called the basilica of our lady of the rosary and so there are 15 side chapels made out of mosaics um that show each of the mysteries of the rosary so it was before the luminous mysteries but every single one of them is made um was made in the early 1900s and it's all a different french artist and every single one of them is put in mosaic from the side of the year and which french artist did it um and so you're able to pray your rosary while you're seeing the image like able to contemplate exactly what the mystery that you're you're praying on um and so on the one day that we were in lords a bunch of us woke up um right when the sanctuary opens at 5 a.m so that way we could go be at the grotto before anyone was there um and it was raining and it was a little bit cold and so we all were there and they started a mass in a language that none of us knew. Um, so we finished praying and um, split off and went our separate ways. I am one of those people that like once I'm up, I can't really go back to sleep. So I wanted to go to this basilica and pray a rosary. And I'm definitely not one of those people who prays a rosary every single day. I did that once in my life. We can go back to that story because it's a hilarious 54 day novena story. But um. And I was able to pray all three in every single one of the side chapels. And that is just something I will never forget because I feel like one of the things that sort of stops me a lot of times from praying the rosary is I feel like I'm not paying attention to what I'm saying because it is repetitive. And I know no matter what, it's still obviously like the graces are coming. Um, But being able to see the image in front of me um like walking through Christ's life was just something I've never experienced before and the way that the mosaic is set up is above the archway there is the relationship um to the old testament so in each one of the mosaics like whatever's happening in Christ's life it's showing how the covenant is renewed in the new testament so it was just amazing. I felt like I had come so far in what I've learned studying theology because if I had seen that four years ago, I definitely wouldn't have understood any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really moving. I really think I want to find some sort of way where I'm able to reflect on the mysteries of the rosary in the same way, like being able to look at imagery of of the different mysteries, I think really was impactful on the visual learner. So that was really, really beautiful. Um, I'm going to let you go for your spiritual one and then we can go back to our touristy one. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> sounds great. Okay. So my, I guess, top 
I kind of have two, but they're really short. So I'll just say both, but they're both in Lords. Um, <clears throat> one of them was the, I believe it was the first day of Lords. We were there and I really wanted to go to confession. And so a few of us stopped by, waited for the English priest to get there, um, went in and it was the best confession I think I've ever had in my entire life. And in that time, like leading up to Lords, I was still really struggling internally with like all sorts of, you know, lies and stuff. And, um, when I got into that confessional, didn't even like touch mainly on what I was struggling with. And this priest stopped, stared at me through the clear plexiglass. And I was like, did he like not understand me? Like what's going on? He hasn't said anything for a few minutes. And he just spewed out the most intense counseling I've ever had from a priest. And it was like, he was reading my soul. It was intense. I was like, crying I wanted to kiss him through the plexiglass but it was insane and I walked out of that confessional just I felt like a boulder had been lifted off of me off of me and ever since then it's been like gone like immediately gone which is insane mm-hmm. um and then my second one it was the last night that we were there um some of us were at the grotto right before the sunset and we're just sitting on the ground praying. And it was just this overwhelming feeling of peace and also sadness that I was going to have to leave the next day. But just sitting there and knowing that St. Bernadette had been there and that the Blessed Mother had appeared there and all of the different miracles that have happened there was really overwhelming. Um, but definitely, I think that was my top, top favorite. And I'll touch on this a little bit, but my grandmother 20 something years ago had been taken to Lourdes when she had um, been diagnosed with cancer. She was like on her deathbed. And when she went to Lourdes, did all of like the baths, the processionals, everything, um, praying for healing. She didn't get like a full healing, but she got extra time on earth, which was a miracle in of itself. And I was just overcome with emotion the entire time that I was in Lourdes because it was like, she had been there. She had done the baths. She had drank this water, all of that. It was, it was a little bit too much um, emotionally, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't pick my favorite out of all of those three moments, but those are my, those are my top words. <laughs> yeah. I can't, it, it is hard to put it into words and everybody yeah. who's asked me about my trip, um, I don't know how to describe it. They keep saying like, well, how would you, you know, how would you describe it? And I'm like, it was impactful. It was powerful. It was moving. It was amazing. And they're like, yeah, yeah. But how was it? And I was like, I, I can't tell you anything more than that. Like you can't experience the things that I experienced in the way that I experienced them. Um, which is why I think everyone needs to go to Lords. But I, I agree like that spending that last night. So I had, I like, we, we had dinner. Um, and at that point dinner ended at 8 30 PM and we had four hours, um, to be back in the, uh, the little dining room for breakfast at 1230 AM before we left for the airport at 1 AM. <laughs> um, yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I, after dinner, I went and I took a shower and I finished packing and I was like, I, 
I don't want to just try to go to sleep. I don't want to like try to take a nap or something. I really want, I just want to be in the grotto. Like I just want to be there. Um, and so I went back and they were finishing up uh, a mass that they were saying in German. Um, and the sun had just gone down. And I, I think we should also say that the sun didn't go down until like 10, 15, 10, 30 PM. So it was already late. Um, and so at this point it was probably a little past 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I was just sitting in the grotto writing in my journal. Um, and just thinking about how I didn't want to leave because quite frankly, Lords is the most peaceful place that I have ever been. Um, and I say that honestly, like I can't think of a single place that has been more peaceful than Lords. Um, and the pictures that I've shared, the videos that I've shared, they don't do it justice because nothing could capture like the color of the water or the sound that the river makes. Nothing can capture the beauty of thousands of people holding a candlelight procession singing Ave Maria in between rosary decades. Like I, I don't, I completely agree with you. I mean, there's nothing like it on this earth. So yeah. Beach talked about Lords also Ave Maria in between the decades. That's amazing. Never heard of that. Um, but y'all all talked about Lords. And from what I've, what I've been listening, y'all each have said that it was peaceful. Even if y'all didn't specifically say that it was peaceful. So, so why do you think that it was peaceful? What do you, if not that, what do you think made it so peaceful? I think the way the sanctuary is set up is different than the way that our sort of culture and the way even we live our lives um, brings us into just like a church or a mass or adoration because it's gated off. And when I've been describing it to people, I'm a Disney person. I'm like, it's like a Catholic Disney park. I don't know if that makes sense, but the the way that it's set up is surrounding the river. So there's two bridges and you're able to walk like over the river and there are tons of little mini chapels. And I think the this city of Lords has done a really good job in protecting the sanctuary from the outside, what our tour guide called the Catholic Las Vegas of Lords, because definitely driving into the city when we were on the bus I was like wow this is just like store after store selling Catholic things it's going to be shopping like that's what we're going to spend our time doing but the there are gates that you have to enter into the sanctuary and they open at a certain time and close at a certain time there's not a single shop within the entire sanctuary so it's there for prayer it's there for sacraments that's what it's there for and I think even when we're going to mass in our hometowns or wherever, like we are just walking off the street into a, a church or parking our car, getting, turning the radio off and walking in. You don't have that long walk that you have to make in order to get to the grotto where there's not anything distracting you, but other people who are also there for the same reason. And so I think 
knowing you're surrounded with thousands of other pilgrims who also just want the same healing and peace on this earth that you've been searching for. It's very settling. For someone who has very bad anxiety, I just, that that is definitely the word I would use is just, it's peaceful and it's because it's separated from the rest of the world and they've done it really, really well. I would have to agree completely. I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, that was that was really well said. Um, I agree. Good question, Karen. Way to make us think and reflect on that for sure. Um, I did, Merlo, I'm going to come back to you because you shared something on your Instagram afterwards that um, I thought was really incredible and something that like I still do struggle with although I I do want to change my mindset so you were posting about John 10 10 um having life and living it abundantly and how you used to live with a mindset of like rewarding yourself um with good things and I really really would love for you to share more on that reflection because wow, I, when I read it, I was like, man, this is the way to live life. So, um, yes, please. I, I was one and I just met you and I remember looking at it from her story and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not going to say I'm like very good at it. Um, it's something that I've struggled with for a long time. Um, I was, I spent a couple of weeks afterward in Europe um, and I met up one of my best friends in Greece and um, we were talking one night about other things that we've done with our families and our lives and how um, a lot of times when we're reflecting on our childhoods and the memories and we're looking at like the things that we've saved, it's kind of funny. Like I went um, my first time abroad to um, London with my mom and brother when I was 13. And we thought it would be a good idea to get all different kinds of British candies. And I can tell you right now exactly where that candy is sitting in my pantry, still not eaten because I wanted to save it. And it was too special to eat. And I've done that my entire life. My mom always jokes because um, I will save the best juice that I wanted when I was a kid for until it would go bad or I would not want to wear my special outfit until I had a good place to go or a special occasion to wear it for and I think a lot of times we focus on living in the moment but in terms of just focusing on the the worst parts of what are going on and there's nothing to celebrate about what is happening right now in your life um and I really love fashion I definitely don't have a certain style I dress very crazy but um I wrote an article a couple of years ago for my school paper about how we focus on the negative and we sort of raise up the people who are suffering and compare our sufferings rather than wanting each other to do better. And I think this is especially true at a really intense university like Notre Dame because everyone sort of wears sweatpants and a baseball hat to class. And it's sort of a comparison of 
you know, I got three hours of sleep. Oh, well, I got two. I have this paper. It's going to take me 10 hours. Well, I have this paper. It's going to take me 12. And comparison of how bad your life is, is something that I see like on the other side of social media. Like, of course, everyone is showing their, their beautiful lives and their beautiful vacations and their expensive houses and everything. But I think there's also a side of it that people like to highlight what is going wrong so they have nothing to celebrate and nothing to feel good about and nothing to feel happy about in the present and I've definitely struggled with that because you know going going back and forth between how many sufferings I'm going through but also how many blessings I have is it's an everyday roller coaster um but I think if you're able to take the small things that make that give you little joy and use those to make every day a little bit more special, it sort of gives you something to live for and jo- find joy in in the everyday. So some of the things that I shared were that I paint my nails every Sunday just because because I think it's fun. And even if I have literally no place to go for a week, I'm still going to do it because I like having pretty nails and um, coming back from, from being in Europe where I of course brought all my favorite outfits and went shopping. I have worn a dress every single day since I've been back. And most of the days I have not left my house because I work virtually. So I've just done it because it's special and I like feeling pretty. Um, And I have a favorite coffee place that I get coffee beans from and I used to save them for special occasions and drink the bad coffee that I didn't like and so I've started drinking the coffee that I like much more and I know these things sound really stupid and kind of like they don't mean a lot but I think it would depend on every person what things they would say are are special to them and would make the the little parts of their life to find joy in. Um, so those are just some things, those are some random examples um, that I would find. Um, but I think being coming back from this, I was in Europe for three weeks from this vacation that I found a lot of peace returning to the normal because I have special things that bring me joy every day. And that's something that I want to continue doing um, when I go back to school and life gets really stressful again and I have to decide what to do with my career and all of that. I, <laughs> I, I think that's something that I'm really going to try to, to remember on an everyday basis. No, that was not stupid at all. In fact, we were talking and I, first of all, couldn't stop smiling. Second of all, uh, Cameron and I just did an episode about breaking through bitterness and pain and I think that was just probably the most beautiful way you could have phrased that especially like this will be the next one that we've done since that one and that's just like that was a holy spontaneity moment holy spirit moment beautiful Uh, I mean I definitely need to get better at that because I am also a well I'll just stick this out until there is something to celebrate um and then kind of on the the opposite side 
of what you're saying about sufferings um, is I, I think that we need to find a balance between comparison who has it or comparison, comparing who has it worse and then um, like putting down your own sufferings because you think someone else's is greater because I've definitely done that before where I'm like, well, this isn't, you know, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll add on like my own prayer request at the end after I've gotten through everyone else's, because, you know, it's, it's more important that I get through everyone else's prayer intentions than it is, you know, if I don't have time to add mine in there, it's fine, whatever. Um, Or things like my suffering is not as great as someone else's suffering. So I should really focus my time on praying for them. Um, And again, like if I, if I get to mine or like, I shouldn't feel as bad because my suffering isn't as great. So there are absolutely two ways that we can compare sufferings. And, um, I, I don't truly, I don't think you can like, because your sufferings are unique, um, to each situation and each person. So, um, yeah, I, I really like the way that you said that. Um, and I really like that you said that, even if you don't leave the house, you wear a dress to feel pretty. I've been wearing dresses um, pretty much every day at work. Um, I will wear jeans on Friday because we're allowed to. Uh, <laughs> and I, I missed my jeans while I was in France. But um, other than that, like I've, I feel more beautiful, more feminine, and more joyful in general when I wear a dress. And it's really really interesting to me how what you wear influences your mindset for the day um because I noticed that in France that like I was I loved wearing the dresses um so I'm going to keep doing that you know so do do what brings you joy you know do what glorifies God but if you're doing what glorifies God that is naturally going to bring you some sort of joy so um yeah Thank you for that reflection. So, okay. I want some, some fun France thoughts before we do our Holy Spontaneity moments and close out. So shoot them at me. Here we go. (laughs) I have one from Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do too. You go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we had, uh, an open night. I don't remember when, because days there were no days while we were in France no days of the week they didn't exist um where um we could kind of decide where we wanted to go for dinner and what we wanted to do and so Emily and I decided we took a took the metro to one of the fancy department stores and then stood we looked around saw that the cheapest dress was about two thousand dollars (laughs) and we um (laughs) decided to um go to the sacred mm-hmm. that's the yes yeah, okay I said it right yeah. thank Sacre-Cur, you yeah. okay um and so I I travel a lot so I'm pretty confident in my like direction giving and just sort of very trusting in the fact that nothing bad is going to happen to me like I'm one of those people that will just walk directly across the street without looking because like, Hey, you know, God's got me. Yes. I'm just kind of like, by the way, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I did witness you doing that once or twice in Paris. And I was like, this girl is confident. She's just going. (laughs) Yeah. So I, 
I decided that we were gonna walk the I think it was, it was like two kilometers like it really wasn't that far um especially for like the amount of walking that I do on a daily basis at Notre Dame like I probably walk eight to ten miles so I was like we got this it'll be fine um and so the way that it's set up is the basilica is on a hill and it's like a a hill Mm -hmm. so we were walking a little bit and we were trying to find a place to stop for dinner and I would much rather like see a place think it looks cute stand outside look up the reading and then go in rather than being like okay this is the place that we're going to it has five stars it has a good menu I want to be here so we walked past this little Greek place that had a bunch of dried flowers on the outside and um the menu had a bunch of like really fun Greek food that I had never heard of before and they had some fun cocktails and so I was like I think we should go here and Emily was like I don't know we don't know about this place and so I quickly googled it and it had four and a half stars and I was like I feel like it'll be fine like we just need to eat some food it'll be good so we had again the cutest waiter ever he was great (laughs) he was Greek um and we all got like some fun different Greek foods to try and fun cocktails and we just had some of the best conversation that we that I had the entire trip just because we weren't planning on sitting down and having like a nice fancy dinner we were just trying to pick up some food on the way to walk up this hill and decided to stop halfway because we were dying so that was really fun had that dinner finished it had a fun time walked out kept walking up the hill until we realized that it was like steps that you had to walk up in order to get to this basilica and I don't know it was probably like 300 maybe I don't know it was a lot it was a lot if you didn't take any sort of transportation at all Mm -hmm. so we took it all the way up we walked all the way up and we were dying we went in and there was adoration going on in the basilica walked out and the sun was setting and since it's on a hill you can see the entire city line like it's city skyline um so we took a couple of pictures and then we decided to try to figure out how to take the metro back because Cecilia and Megan weren't able to make it up there and the metro was delayed for two and a half hours because of some sort of crash that had happened in the underground I don't know so we waited down there yeah so we that's what the news said on my phone oh Okay. I don't know. That's why all of the lines were like not going the proper way. So instead, Emily and I tried several times to get on a metro and we couldn't figure out which direction we were going because I am. Okay. If you're from Houston, you understand this. We don't have public transportation. Yeah. I don't know how it works. It's so stressful. It is so hard. I never know how I'm supposed to go which direction. So anyway. I know. I know. Because I was there too. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what yeah, yeah. we're going. So we just like yeeted and went and took an Uber back. And we had also great conversation and it was super fun. And so that was my favorite night in Paris because it was spontaneous. And that's what I like because I like to not know what's going on and then stress myself out and figuring it out. I don't, that probably doesn't sound very good, but that's what I like to do. And it was really fun and I had a great time. That was honestly really refreshing to hear. I love how confident you were in the 
I like to not know what I'm doing, or I like to not, I like to not know what's happening, what's, what's supposed to happen. I'm like, I got goosebumps, but like not in the good way. Cause I'm like, oh, we're so different. Like I feel stressed. But I don't know what's happening. No, which no, is no, it no, called no. A, I am, I am stressed usually, but like stress for low is kind of a vibe. I don't know if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> this. But were you stressed when trying to find dinner? <laughs> what? Were you stressed when a bunch of us were trying to find dinner, like our last night in Paris? Yes. Okay. That's oh, why man. I left. I was okay. like. I was like, we need to break up. There's too many people. I'm going this way. <laughs> Merlot was like, I'm making a decision. I'm going. <laughs> I once I make a decision, it's that. It's, all right, it's happening. We're going. Go for Merlo, it. That's- did you end up at the Italian place with us, or did you go somewhere else? No, Lauren and I walked. So the way that where our hotel was, there was the river, and then there was a little bit of an island, and then because the river split in two. So we walked onto this island, walked past all of the little country clubs and the little French boys playing tennis in their tiny shorts. Oh. And <laughs> we found this adorable little um, it's all French restaurant. <laughs> we found this cute little French restaurant that was in a rose garden with like string lights and there was live music and we just ate. It was just two of us and we just had a had a lovely time I got burrata cheese I'm big on the burrata cheese burrata cheese and me are all over my Instagram page because that's how I got through finals so I got burrata (laughs) and it was awesome so that was also another really good night Uh because it wasn't planned like we just happened upon the place and we stopped at an organic food shop that was right across the street and got a bunch of cute little like French um toiletries and things like that that oh my gosh yes like literally where we should have gone with them I know the Italian place was really good and I had so much fun um and it was yeah, a great night and I'm honestly glad we were so close to the hotel because I was I needed to conk out after that but <laughs> I organic French shops men playing tennis so like <laughs> <laughs> we missed out a little bit we'll have to go back oh yeah oh my gosh okay but a quick question yeah so when you when you guys were on the metro did you have this experience where you guys were talking and no one else was talking yes Yes. because apparently that's a thing and they know that you're American because you're talking on the metro yeah nobody else was talking I I was was looking around like there were so many people I was like standing basically in this guy's armpit which is a whole (laughs) thing because they don't wear deodorant no (laughs) they don't wear deodorant no no No. there's no AC there's no AC oh it's so um but yeah we were like the only ones chatting and nobody else was talking and we were like I you know I didn't even notice it until we got off and I was like huh we were (laughs) did you we're the only ones talking oh wow (laughs) my gosh so that's right (laughs) Rihanna you got something oh no yeah I don't think so okay (laughs) so yeah I oh my gosh the food we okay before we close we have to talk about the food because 
A, escargot is actually pretty dang good. Um, and B, refried beans with raw zucchini and a raw egg was one of our appetizers. <laughs> Can we talk okay. about that for a second? I was going to mention that, but I didn't know if you guys enjoyed it. I took one <laughs> tiny nibble and I almost, yeah, like upchucked. <laughs> I turned to Charmaine and I was like, immediately no. <laughs> okay, fun fact. I ate most of it and no. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it, but I, okay, I am what's funny is like here in the u.s i know exactly what i like when i go to sweet green if y'all have ever had sweet green when i go to sweet green i get the exact same custom bowl merlot's nodding she knows what i'm talking about it's excellent i didn't get introduced to it until i lived in the city because it's a really city thing um but i get like the same thing when i travel like even even just different cities i will get whatever is local whatever is you know whatever i can't get back in the u.s so like when i was in panama I tried like seven new foods and it was fantastic. Um, here I was like, I'm definitely having escargot. I'm definitely doing steak frites and crepes and like all the things that you can get in France. Um, but I will tell you that refried beans with raw zucchini and a raw egg was not on my list of things that I was going to try. However, it was in front of me and it was a French dish dish. And so I decided to try it. And so I ate most of it and it, it wasn't necessarily enjoyable, but I was really proud of myself. (laughs) But <laughs> yeah, see, I wasn't all that impressed with the French food. You can be I, a hater of me because of this. No, I no, I agree. Don't mm-hmm. like like that's one of like Italian food, love. Greek love food, uh, yes. Love. Yes. Like Tex Mex, love. Yes. French food, mm-hmm. no, thank you. There's a crepe place right by my house. Yep. Love that crepe place. Honestly, hot take, their crepes are better than the ones I had in France, but <laughs> all the other food I pretty much didn't eat while we were in France. I, no, I'm pretty picky. So like I did it to myself, but no, the night of that, whatever that was, I had a broccoli. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my like, gosh, like, that's right. Cause yours was a vegetarian meal. They just put some like random steamed veggies on your plate and called it a day. Okay. Oh my gosh, but that's what they did every time, but it was usually with tofu, and I'm like, no, thank you. I'm like a half vegetarian, so half is, I'm like mostly vegetarian, but I eat chicken and turkey. So I tried the chicken that night. I ate like two bites, and then everyone else took the rest of it, because I was like, I tried it, that was it. But yeah, no, most of the time we were eating, I was eating nothing. I was Mm -hmm. eating cappuccinos. (laughs) That was my. <laughs> Merlot lived off cappuccinos for two weeks in France, and then in Greece, she was like, "I can eat now." Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, new- the more you drink coffee, the more it's like you're you you forget like how much sugar it is, and then the day goes on. You're like, "I'm not hungry. Look at me. I'm so oh, great." Yeah. And then it's like, "What have I had today? Coffee." And it's like that's not. <laughs> a meal and it's been what eight hours since I last ate something it's like that's so bad <laughs> oh well, my gosh yeah Milo, when you literally said that the crepes at your crepe place back home was better than the ones in France I have to stand by you with that because when I went to Old Town we went to this little French restaurant Fontaine I got 
this Nutella strawberry crepe and it was <gasps> 10 times better than any crepe I had in France. And I was like, this is so sad, but this so is good. So fascinating. I, okay, I would have figured yeah. that like actually okay. in France, the boo is like, you know, spectacular beyond belief or something. Okay. You would think that, right? Because everybody's like, oh, I practiced in like French restaurants or like yes! did all this. Right. Right. But, but, um, I truly think that their talent lies more in like their pastries and stuff like that. Yes. than it does yeah, in yeah. their, in their actual, um, like savory entrees because, I'm sorry, but like the chicken and potatoes, which was the only thing I could understand on the menu in Lasso, um, it was dry. It was really dry. Um, and I really, I had in Versailles, I had a Nutella and strawberries crepe and that one was excellent. Okay. I'm going to say that. However, the, the crepes we had after we went to go see the Notre Dame, um, I had mine was like ham and cheese and tomato and the tomato was made it super fresh and made it super nice to eat. Um, but not gonna lie. I really love that at sweet Paris here in yes, Texas. I knew you were talking about sweet Paris. Yes. I knew they have an equalization too, but they're like twice, but mm, so good. Yeah. But they fill it with like all this stuff and it is so good. And so when I went to France, I don't know why in my little head, I thought they were going to like be filling it with this stuff. But in reality, they put like one tiny slice of ham over one slice of tomato and call it a crepe. It's also because in America, we have like one kind of crepe dough or batter and it's all the same whereas they put all of their savory crepes in batter with buckwheat flour which oh. is not not really delicious no, i did a science fair project in sixth grade making cookies with buckwheat flour it's nasty yeah so, i noticed that the, there is such a difference between the sweet crepe that i had and the savory one and i'm not right. gonna lie i like the sweet the savory crepes at sweet paris better mm-hmm. so we're not <laughs> hating on the French for the French no. people. We are not. We I love just imagine, food. Of course not. However, I just imagine how many people are listening to this and like, what? And all their dreams are shattered. No, no, no. We had some fantastic food too because yeah. in Lords that first night, did you guys love the pea pasta? Okay. Pasta. All That's the, the first time I ate while we were there. <laughs> okay, wait. So is this is like passing it out of peas, or like peas on pasta, or like peas? Like, was like it's like a, like the peas were in the pasta. It was, it was like a it little was, ravioli. It was like a little yes. ravioli. Oh, yeah. All of the food like that we had in Lords at the hotel was phenomenal, Pinterest. and I'm realizing now it's because we had an Italian chef, so yeah. all the food is Italian food, and I was like, mm, yep. okay, stand by my roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, okay. I will say that the one thing that I really loved was the beef bourguignon that we had. Um, I think, mm. was that in Bézier? Oh, yeah. Or was that, I can't remember where that was. We we're in wine country. Those days kind of blur mm-hmm. together. I can't remember if it was in Boone mm-hmm. or Bézier, but it was in one of the two. Um, but that, that was, was that was really good. Yeah. I really loved that. I cleaned my plate. I will say though, I loved that I could eat anything there and not feel gross afterwards because yes. here, if I eat any sort, like I don't have a gluten intolerance, but I do get like a little bit stuffy. And when I eat sugar, I have a headache. Um, and I think, or if I eat anything really like processed, I have a headache to be honest. Yeah. And in France, I could eat anything like one of the uh oh it was in uh Lyon and we went to that uh, quite a few of us I don't remember if y'all did but quite a few of us went to 
like the little sandwich stand. Um, and I just got like this caprese sandwich. So it was literally just mozzarella, tomato, and like some greens on this French baguette. And I ate the whole thing and that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And all I had was literally dairy tomato and bread and felt (laughs) nourished and like full and it was so so good so I like say what you will about some of the French food um also the dinner cruise food wasn't bad either oh yeah it's pretty dang good um but yeah it definitely nourishes you the couple of gross gross gross-ish adjacent foods that we had I think just stand out more but looking back majority of the food was really good yeah yeah that's that's for sure so I know we touched on some of the ones that we were like eh but in reality well because the last night in Paris we went to the Italian restaurant and that was really good too um but yeah I wouldn't say that I was like blown away like I thought there would be more French specific foods and they I feel like there really weren't like there were a few like steak frites is one and escargot is one um but in the crepes but in reality I kind of feel like everything else was based off of other cuisines mm. mostly Italian as we got closer to the border maybe some Spanish yeah. but I will say every croissant I ever had at any of the breakfasts was phenomenal that, yeah, yeah that is very true the little mini croissants were great yeah and the, the little egg omelets they had at the Paris hotel mm-hmm. those were so good okay. because in the U.S. you get like that powdered egg crap and here like that was that was really good I will say that that was good so I guess there was a pretty good balance actually in reality okay so earlier you were talking about wine country so how would you describe the wine in France Mm -hmm. that's what I was about to say the French can make wine cappuccinos those are my things yeah okay the wine was really good we had we didn't get to go to a vineyard um just because of the way the the pilgrimage was set up in the the town that we were in um to actually like walk through and see how it's made but we went to this little like shop where they have the cellars where they have the barrels where the wine is made um and so we did a wine tasting there and we were all a little, a little giggly afterward. It was. Okay. <laughs> I think I tried to make fun of Cameron earlier because she was like, "It was wine country, and the day just blended together." And I don't think I heard her. I was like, hmm, "I wonder why." <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, she was a little heavy-handed on her pores. I felt like. Oh, yeah. um, oh, I'm glad yeah. y'all felt that too. Okay. Yes. So, and and the wine tasting came with like three wines. So they have like three. I think they said three levels, right, of wine in in France. They have like your basic level and then they have the premier crew and then the ground crew. And so we had a basic white, a basic red, and then a premier crew red. Um, And so those were the three wines that we tried and they were all excellent. I definitely, I bought a bottle of the premier crew red to bring back to the US. Um, And then after that, like that's what comes with the tour right um which really it wasn't really a tour it was just a tasting like she led us through the wine caves but that was it we just kind of looked around um so we were really just doing like the tasting so those three like come with the tasting and then at the end she's like do you guys want to try our liqueur we're like uh yeah (laughs) uh yes 
the so peach one was peach so one. good I bought a bottle so of it I've already oh, opened it it's great oh really okay I okay I almost bought a bottle of that too but I was like it's wine country so I should buy a bottle of the wine um and I'm glad I did but like the peach liqueur was so good you mm. should you should absolutely stir that into some like unsweetened tea oh yeah yeah it makes some sort of cocktail oh yeah I was saying yeah oh, if you yeah. just put like like that and Prosecco that yeah. would be fantastic mm. so good mm-hmm. it's literally like melted peach rings have you ever had the peach ring gummies yes that's yeah. okay that's what it tastes but it tastes exactly it's also like, like what is the alcohol co- like content content it was it's like 18 percent really for like yeah. nothing yeah yes so it was we had already had our three like full <laughs> glasses of wine and she and was then... heavy-handed on her pours <laughs> And then for the people who weren't finished with their wine, she left them for their own liqueur. And so for people who didn't really know, like I, I knew that that was how much the concentration was, but you know, there were some younger girls there. So they would pour like the same amount that they put in their wine oh glass. And I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Oh boy. But and it was really, peach, yeah, it was good. The peach liqueur wasn't the only one because then she came back with a black currant liqueur. She yes. knows what she's doing. <laughs> and that yes. one was not good. And then they walked like us out one. through their little gift shop. And of course, everyone bought stuff because <laughs> of course. Because at that point we were giggly, we couldn't help ourselves, and it was really good. So yes. yes. So we'll give that to and them. And then we had, they know how to we had wine. more wine like an hour later at dinner. Yeah, an hour later at dinner. And we oh were wondering, gosh. we were like, Vincent, who's our tour guide? We didn't even talk about him. Um, but oh, we have to talk about him a little bit. But um, <laughs> we were like, well, you're not going to come to dinner with us? And he was like, mm, no. So we no, all thank uh, you. A little too giggly for, for that. <laughs> so he went <laughs> off and had dinner by himself. Yeah. He was He's the so only precious. guy, though. Oh my gosh, I love Vincent. Oh my gosh. He had oh. dinner with us most nights. Well, yeah. not when we were like finding dinner on our own, but once we left Paris, he had dinner with us most nights. Yeah. Yeah. Our fearless leader. Our fearless oh, leader. Yeah. There's this, there's this picture. I forget who who took you know I have it. Okay. I have um it. <laughs> but he so we're taking a big group picture in Lords <laughs> and we left all of our bags on the ground. And he like went and stood over our bags to like protect them. It was so cute. <laughs> but a chivalrous he, man. He honestly oh, yes. is the most so knowledgeable funny. and entertaining tour guide I've ever had. Because mm-hmm. every time he started talking, you know how sometimes you kind of like tune somebody out, especially if you're touring someplace. Like, you know, we went to the Palace of Versailles um, and we have like these little earpieces. So he would talk into a microphone because it's so loud. He would talk into a microphone and we could hear him through like our earpieces. Um, every time he started talking about something, I would like run to that spot so I could hear him talk about it because he was so good, so knowledgeable about everything, could speak like he spoke like eight different languages. Whoa. And yeah. And he made it fun. Like he made it kind of like a story. Um, although he he was disappointed in us in Lords when he was telling us about like the little um what was it the fortress and so <laughs> he was trying to explain to us the some of the history behind like the miracles of Lords and there's like a fortress and 
two groups were fighting that I don't even remember who it was. Was it the Spanish trying to invade? I don't even know. Um, this was before anything had happened with the miracles, though. This was like, yeah. Right, but this, this is like, like long this time is ago. when, yeah, this was like in the 1500s and 14 or 1500s. And they were, this is when it started being associated as like a holy place with like Our Lady, though, because he, he was saying that um, they, uh, whoever the winning side was, um <laughs> it was a it was a crazy story I don't really it, yeah know it was it was crazy. But, but the reason we don't remember what the story is not because he's because he's an excellent guide but the reason we don't remember is that there was this cat that was sitting on like the edge of a balcony <laughs> looking like it was about to jump off <laughs> and so we all turned around really like, no kitty like don't <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cat y'all are getting distracted by a cat <laughs> oh so good poor vincent honestly god bless he him put up with so much <laughs> he really did i think i think seeing our amazement at the gas stations in france was maybe his like favorite part <laughs> so but they're oh. they were crazy they're super bougie they sold baguettes and had restaurants inside the gas stations. Okay, but those are like that's like a Bucky's. That's not no, like no, no. A... But Bucky's doesn't have like a sit down. They had like plated sit down restaurants. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a bougie French Bucky's. Okay. <laughs> okay. A bougie French Bucky's. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> that was a fun recap um do y'all have anything else to add I just have to go back when's the reunion yes we've all talked about that (laughs) (laughs) so maybe hopefully that will actually happen yeah I think we all love that I think we'd all really love that so um yeah well before we sign off we have a couple questions to ask Karen do you want to ask the first one is it when's your holy spontaneity moment yeah fantastic okay (laughs) I was like I don't know what else it could possibly be um yeah so what are y'all's holy spontaneity moments um if we need to refresh your holy spontaneity is um just when you invite the lord in and you fully understand that he takes full control and whatever happens next is because he he did it and you let him have his way and you got out of the way so it sounds like, honestly, that y'all already talked about some moments. I know, Merlo, you certainly did because you specifically was like, oh, it was spontaneous. Oh, I didn't plan this. Oh, and I think, Rihanna, you did too. So do you want to use yeah, this like, as your holy spontaneous? Like the last week, though. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what was your holy spontaneous this week? Yes. So I any takers? think that this last week specifically more so in the way of accepting like the Holy Spirit to finally come in and do what he wants to do because I always will talk a big game with myself and say okay God like I surrender take over all of these worries and things that aren't going the way that I want milestones I haven't met yet whatever but I truly on the inside don't actually feel it I'm not really convinced with it but I'm just saying in my head like surrender surrender I'm surrendering yeah 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 And this last week, funny enough, um, I was in mass and literally just felt this like overwhelming 
sense of saying, okay, just surrender, like just do it again with the, just do it. We love the phrase. And, um, and so I was like, okay, like I surrender to your will, like do with me what you will, like my life is yours. And I've felt a lift and it's every day. It's kind of like a little bit of a reminder of offering that up every day and continuing, continuing to remind myself to surrender, but it feels a lot different this time around. Do you want to, you want to go first so I can keep thinking? I can go next. Cause I love, <laughs> I got you. Um, I feel like we might have one. Ooh, that wasn't what I was thinking of. Oh, really then go happy. ahead, please. <laughs> but that it was a close second though. Um, um, Mariana, you just so beautifully just basically described my last week too. That's so crazy. Um, <laughs> because I've like basically my entire summer has been Lord, this did not happen the way that I thought it would. So honestly, I, <laughs> I'm at rock bottom and I don't know what else to do. So you take it, you do with it what you will, get me out of the way so that you can have your way. Um, and it's easier said than done. And I love that you said it's a daily reminder because, um, you know, some days you're like, yeah, Lord, you got this. And then, you know, there are days where I'm like, if I just like stepped in, like maybe here, or maybe if I just like did my own thing here, maybe you wouldn't mind. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> uh, I want to say last Sunday, I was mowing my lawn, which is surprisingly very therapeutic. I have found that I love mowing the lawn anyways. <laughs> um, but I was, uh, let's see, it is my yard is big enough to where mowing the lawn would be like an hour and a half max, um, possibly two. And I was like, okay, so I woke up bright and early. I'm gonna listen to father Mike's homily while I mow the lawn, go me. And silly me, I couldn't hear it over the sound of the mower. So I'm like, well, this is dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna pray a rosary while I mow the lawn. And then I, when usually, I mean, I couldn't pray with my, you know, fingers. So I'm like, I'm gonna listen to an audible um, rosary. And then I couldn't hear that over the mower. So I'm like, I'm gonna listen to um, my playlist, just music that I've, you know, collected over the years, um, you know, high school, just compiled in this one playlist. Um, and I got to listening to just, you know, normal songs. And I don't know. It was just one romantic song after another, one romantic song after another, one romantic song after another, which is not a bad thing. However, when that's mostly what you listen to, I don't know. I just, I stopped going my lawn because it, it hit me. Um, Mariana, as you talked about, this was just a wave of overwhelming peace, overwhelming, just this huge feeling like someone holy is present and you were called higher, right? Um, and it was like, hmm. Again, not that listening to romantic country music, romantic music is a bad thing. It has its purpose and it is good. However, when that's mostly what you listen to, not saying that's what I mostly listen to, but when that's being put into your brain, which is into your heart, which is into your soul, a lot of the time, you know, that's it's not really good. And you want to be sure to be mindful of what you put into your brain, which goes into your soul. And I don't know, it's just a moment where I, I'm sure people who drove by just like saw this random girl, just, like having this, <laughs> I was going to say, um, 
it's not a mental breakdown, it's like this mental like awareness of, it's one of those moments where like you, you stop and you're looking at the world and it's like, does anyone else just realize what happened here? You know? Um, so I don't know, it's just a Holy Spirit moment of like, ah, I did not realize how many romantic songs I have in my playlist. I need to be more mindful of that. But Cameron also has a really great Holy Spontaneity moment that I also thought of saying about, but <laughs> super good. Thanks, Karen. Um, so mine is that Karen and I got to see each other in person yesterday um, after how many months? Uh, we last saw each other at Around Easter. Easter. Mm-hmm. So, so which is crazy when you only live two hours away from each other, but um, we were both busy with grad school and work and then me going to France. Um, so we got together and spent the day. She came to to Latin mass with me and then to my so volleyball beautiful. games. And then we did an ice cream flight, which you guys know if you saw our stories. Um, uh, and um, then we spent the rest of the afternoon in Galveston planning something um very cool for the podcast and hopefully um hopefully something that we could launch <laughs> in a, mm, I don't know, mm. time, but no, say, mm. <laughs> yeah but something that we're working on and that we hope to bring to you guys um sooner rather than later I'll put it like that so that was my holy spot 80 moment and it was fantastic and amazing and I don't know what it is about the homilies at the church that I go to, but every single week they're absolute fire. Straight fire. Yeah. Literally, this priest was like, I'm not trying to make y'all seem like bad Catholics because you're not. However, he's like, it was like a point that he made. And he's like, are you really and truly and wholeheartedly putting the Lord at the center of your life? Are you really wholeheartedly and truly bringing Jesus into your, it, it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. So his homily was on, um, how we're bringing Christ to other people and like yes. how we're being good evangelizers. Um, is that a word? Evangelizers. evangelizers? Okay. Thank you. Evangelizing. Um, <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was a really beautiful homily that, um, it, that's funny that that part hit you so hard, Karen. For me, it was definitely the softer part of like, we are called to be these people and we do need to live our lives like this. And it's so important that every little thing you do is bringing people to Christ. So it's not, it's not always like the big ways, but like the little ways too. So that's really interesting that that's the part that stuck out to you because mine was like the opposite, but yeah. So anyway um as we wrap up would you guys please tell people where they can oh wait merlo merlo didn't do her toys about nanny moment oh my gosh merlo i'm so sorry you're good you're normally good. we have three people so no you're okay right. um yes like, yeah. so- you just so in sync you just became one person <laughs> um so i was on the phone with one of my good friends last night we were just catching up about our summers I don't have any friends from Notre Dame who live in the Houston area so this summer's kind of been a like phone call learning how to be long distance friends summer um and we were kind of he's also a senior so we were just talking about graduation what we're planning on doing um you know we love that stressful conversation that keeps being asked um and 
he was asking if I would think about moving to DC and like working in politics after I graduate. And a lot of stuff has happened in the past year, just at Notre Dame, just sort of like as it administration continues to push into the very radical progressive ideologies and like LGBT stuff and taking away a lot of the um, ability for pro-life students to to do things at the university. Um, and so I kind of said, um, it was, I was kind of joking, but also kind of just looking back on the past year and thinking about how much sway we had as club leaders and as people with like upperclassmen at the university and how far it, it's fallen just since we've started and that that nothing has really gotten any better. Um, and how it would be so much easier for us to just, you know, like, find a husband, get married, move to the middle of nowhere and raise a family, which of course the people that do that, I think are incredibly strong and it's probably not something I actually could do, but it does seem easier at times. And he kind of just was like, Merlot, you know, that's not what you want to do. And he gave me like a 25 minute lecture about how as someone with the gifts that I have and also the convictions that I have there's definitely something that myself as a Christian am supposed to be doing to fix the things that I see wrong um and I think one of the reasons I've been so dejected lately is I've just been spending a lot of time, like the the way that I've been updating, being updated on what my friends are doing is spending a lot of time on social media and watching the news and seeing what's going on. And I think that sort of entering the world, which you guys already have done, but in this sort of, I guess, world that feels like it's very anti-Catholic and really doesn't want to respect the family and sort of seems like it's there's kind of no hope is that we are called to have hope we are supposed to have hope we are supposed to be persecuted but we're not supposed to give up um and he was basically telling me all of this and I just kept saying okay 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 over and over again and I kind of realized this was kind of the push that I needed to stop just thinking about a bunch of random things that I could do and enjoy with my life and something that will actually affect change um so something that I probably should have been listening for in prayer but I needed someone else to to say it to me and um yeah I don't know I think as Christians I think this relates back to the comparison of who has it worse. Like we we have it pretty bad. The world isn't isn't so great right now and a lot of really horrible things are happening, but also we are supposed to be fighters and continue to stand up for truth no matter how hard it gets and do that in the spotlight. So yeah, that was kind of my eye-opening holy spontaneity, holy spirit talking to me moment. Oh my gosh, Karen, thank you for not letting me cut out for low. Um, I must say, it's, we need a lot of good people in politics right now, especially right now. And just from this past 
couple hours of talking to you and listening to you, I think you'd be exactly what this world needs. So oh yeah. Rest in that encouragement, sweet friend. Thank you. Yeah. It reminded me of what Karen was telling me earlier. Um she was talking about a Bible verse and like the original translation of it, Karen. So long story short, I also was talking to a guy friend the other day and the Bible verse that we have come to know and love the whole with God, all things are possible. Right. And that brings us so much encouragement and it's so good. However, that's not the original translation. And I actually texted him about it earlier um, yesterday before I forgot. And he said that it is, I can endure with God. I can endure all things. So it's not necessarily with God, all things are possible, but it's supposed to be with God. I can endure all things. I can endure all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I was like, honestly, like that person's better. <laughs> yeah. That person is better. Yeah. It goes back to what Merlot was saying. It's like, we we're Christians. We're always going to be persecuted, but we are never, ever meant to give up at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Did I miss anybody? No. Okay. Um, so ladies, would you let people know where they can find you? I am on Instagram. Um, my handle is just my full name. It's Mariana Santoro. Um, and that's just my main, my main spot. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Merlo Mary Fogarty on both of those awesome twitter is where i do my like writing and politics stuff and instagram is where i do my girly girl fashion and lifestyle things so amazing yeah Yeah. well (laughs) i'll put all of these in the show notes so that people um don't have to worry about (laughs) figuring out how to spell your names um i promise i almost made the mistake because mariana's name is spelled with a j instead of an i in the middle of it and i was like how do you (laughs) so yeah I'll put those in the show notes for you guys um but Mariana Merlot thank you so much for coming on and just like reminiscing with me um and I I hope that we get to do this again and I hope that um we're able to do our little like France reunion because that would be amazing um and Merlo, at least you're close in Houston for a little bit. Um, but Mariana, if you make it back down here to Texas, please come see me. So absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have met you guys. We're we're so glad you could come. (laughs) And it's great meeting you, Karen. Likewise. Y'all are (laughs) sweet, sweet girls. All right. Thanks for being on. Bye. Thanks for listening to Holy Spontaneity. Go ahead and give us a rate and review and download your favorite episode for easy listening on the go. Hey, might as well follow us on Instagram too at Holy Spontaneity. See y'all next time.